But Kelly, it's been two weeks. I really missed you. Did you? I know. (laughs) And you, in that time, had a really good race in St. George. Tell us about it. I had a fine race, Sarah. It is simply that in comparison to all other things, it was really good. Uh, have you done St. George? No, no, I haven't actually. Okay. It's actually like really hilly and I did not, I'm not a pre, I'm not someone who goes on previews courses. Like it's not my thing. So we're literally running out on the run course and I'm looking over at what they want us to run back on. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that's really hilly. So it's quite hilly. Um, it's also, is really, really competitive this year. I literally finished and I was like, Oh, I did fine. That was okay. But I didn't know what place I'd finished. Cause there were just too many, like it was just too hard to keep track. So I say to my husband, I'm like, oh, so I finished what? Like 15th, 17th. And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I was not the only person, like everybody basically had that reaction where it was like, wait, there was like eight more people ahead of me than I thought there were. It was so... Right. So what were you 24th? Is that I right? I was 24th, I believe. Yes. Wow. I yeah. It's like, there's nothing like finishing and there's just like a mob of pro women already <laughs> across the line. You're like, oh, cool. Cool. But you were happy, right? Because you had a good race. Yeah, no, I had a perfect, I had fun. I maybe had too much fun, Sarah. I was like high-fiving small children, talking to spectators. Okay. So I'm going to give time. you some top advice right now. Are <laughs> yeah. you ready? Yeah. Next time, go harder. Yeah, the, uh, some people have suggested that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hear you, though, signed up for an actual CrossFit competition. Okay. I am officially signed up for my very first, like, in person CrossFit competition. Like, not the thing where you record videos yourself, of yourself at your own gym. Oh, wait, wait. But, wait. So, is there going to be like spectators? I believe so. I mean, I don't think there's going to be outside spectators. There's just like the people supporting all the people. And to be clear, like I'm in the scaled category, which is the Uh, beginner category. Because my goal is to do a CrossFit competition in one of those stadiums where there's like people in the stands and they're screaming at you. Yeah, I'm not at that stadium. I think like it might be in a stadium. I don't think it's going to be a full stadium of people. (laughs) Okay, see, that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, so it's it's actually going to be really fun. There's a bunch of people from my gym going there, from my box going there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be really fun. And actually, to be honest, I think like I didn't really realize I had heard of the scaled division in CrossFit before, but I didn't actually realize like some of the weights that for the Olympic lifts and stuff are, are still quite heavy even in the scaled division. So <laughs> just saying. You're like, you're like, it's going to be really hard just so you know. Okay. And one more thing. I just want to say, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I want to know what our audience thinks about this. I'm thinking of starting a weekly column called Tales from My Box. Uh, do you have a weekly tale from your box? And don't do. you already tell it to us? Well, here it might be like loose, now? <laughs> loosely related to Tales from My Box. I've been like collecting ideas on a other people's tales from other people's boxes is that no, what no. you're saying it's not, not everything's gonna be about crossfit every week or my vagina it's just gonna be <laughs> it's just gonna be like sarah's thoughts every week but it will be called tales from my box i feel like you could call it something else sarah you think so i don't know i like okay what i would like to know this is what <laughs> i want our this is what i want our audience to do right now everybody email me and tell me how much no no or like or like instagram message me and tell me how much you want to hear, <laughs> to have tales from my box every week. And then I'll do it. Okay. Coming up on the show, Kelly is on another podcast. A crazy competitive field is descending on Victoria 70.3. Weird. Well, some weird, some not triathlon traditions. 
pregnancy clauses in athlete contracts, and wildlife encounters during training. Kelly, I finally got my shipment of noon up here in Canada, and I am so excited. The last couple days, I've been going to CrossFit with Noon Hydration Sport Watermelon Flavor, and I have been loving it so far. But I want to know from you, what product should I try next? Okay, so you're trying the tablet. So the Sport tablet is the one you drop in your water bottle. They also have an immunity tablet for you know when you're feeling sick that you can drop in your water bottle. And I've been trying the, or been using the Noon Rest which is for recovery and relaxation. It's like chamomile flavored. It has magnesium and potassium in it. I, you like drink it before you go to bed. Helps you recover well. You sleep great. It's fantastic. Okay, awesome. I'm totally going to try that tonight. Okay, if anyone at home wants to try, go to noonlife.com and use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off. So Iron Women is our sister podcast. Noonlife, N-U-U-N, life.com. Give it a try. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code RIDING to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisty's If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time, you better get ready to race in the team. So, folks, what you've all been waiting for this week, Kelly is on the Iron Women podcast, and that episode came out yesterday. So, Kelly, here's what I want. For anyone who hasn't listened to it yet, or even people who have, for our audience, give us like something insidery about, something insidery, about like, that like episode. Behind the scenes. Right? Behind the scenes of the Iron Women recording. You mean like we were going to record it the week before, but I was still having an emotional meltdown and we thought maybe the Iron Women audience didn't want to hear my emotional meltdown. <laughs> Yeah, exactly like that. Exactly like that. So we waited a week, guys, and I was only slightly having a meltdown. <laughs> Perfect. 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 We, and we want to hear from people whether they like the episode. So go, if you don't listen to Iron Women, go over there to the, I was subscribed to Iron Women on however you subscribe to your podcast and listen to the episode and tell us if you liked Kelly's episode. And we actually also, well, you probably liked it better than everyone else, you know, better than Sarah True or Holly Lawrence, basically. Cause we talked about my mom's Twitter extensively too. So, <laughs> so since we don't have my mom on this week, you can go and hear about her Twitter. Excellent. And I, you're not the only one on, a, on another <laughs> podcast. I was on another podcast in the last couple of weeks too. And it was about entrepreneurship and not about triathlon. So it was, that was like a first time thing for me. So it was a first, not talking about triathlon. It was not a first. talking about tra- triathlon on a podcast. So boom, it was called obstacle course. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes. And my mom really liked it. So there's one Aww, rave review. That's good. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like, Sarah, you sound stupid and you suck. Uh, yes surprisingly she did not say that (laughs) wow 
I did end the Iron Woman episode, though, by saying that maybe I might do Victoria 70.3. So I would like to hear it now to our audience say I'm definitely doing Victoria 70.3. I signed up. And then Sarah, and then I looked at the start list. And okay, so Victoria is your local race, obviously. It's why I'm doing it, just for you. And all the other years, it usually, it's like a medium, small-sized race, right? Like it's not, it's not huge. Let me read some of these people that are on this start list. Miranda Carfrey, Heather Wortel, Paula Findlay, Jenna Nett, Angela Nath. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, 26 women in total, pro pro women, and only 21 pro men, which is really unusual to have Mm -hmm. more pro women than pro men. So it is a super deep field. It's actually kind of exciting for for us local yokels. Very exciting. Right, but it's also mysterious. So I posted this on Twitter. And people had thoughts, you know, why, why About did this why happen? The field is why, so deep, right? why did a race that only pays like six deep and usually gets like maybe 10 women attract 26 with some of the top people? What is going on here, Sarah? And I feel like we have wild speculation and I think our wild speculation is better than the Twitter speculation. Oh, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is happening? So, oh man. I think now I'm like mixing up my thoughts with your thoughts because I think they kind of got like blended together because we we're like the same person, bit. basically. <laughs> Just like we talked about it and then it got blended. But yeah, I think I think partially people are now like once you're because qual- you can qualify off one race, right? Mm-hmm. So you go, you win that race, you come second if it, if it rolls. And then literally your whole season is open, right? You don't have to worry about qualifying anymore. A lot of the money is coming from your sponsors anyway. So you're not necessarily choosing money for because of the prize money which is not huge here in victoria so people can just choose a race that's easy that's good timing that's pretty that's pretty so this is this is the perfect race here in victoria i do think there's a degree for a number of reasons basically that pros now are picking races almost the same way age groupers do because they yes you still need to like get your qualification in but they don't have to factor that in as much like if they've already done it they've done it and every race now is kind of equal. Like you just got to win one. It doesn't matter how big it is or how important it is. You just have to win it. So I think that's like there, it's kind of like, it's kind of made it. So it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. But then also prize money sucks, right? Prize money sucks. Now there aren't, there aren't no points anymore. So there's not really an extra incentive to go, for example, to Monterey, Mexico, instead of going to Victoria, Canada, right? Like there's no extra incentive. Um, and when you look at, Monterey this past weekend or Vietnam, which was a regional championship. They're just, those fields were not as deep as the regional championship in St. George or as the field in Chattanooga this upcoming weekend. I think it's pretty deep, right? And I think what's happening is because prize money sucks, because there are no points anymore, because the qualification system changed, you're getting pros being like, well, I'll just do the race that's close. Like, fuck it whatever i'll do the easy one i'll do the fun one i'll do the one with my friends and like not i don't want to say most but like many many pros are u.s based like that's just the reality so yeah especially in the women's field it's most i would say the majority of female pros in the world are u.s based so and then um the other thing that the other thing that comes into play there is that like iron man has not done a great job of um incentivizing those championship races for pros to go to them and no. for at the Ironman level and the 70.3 level so you have the like pan pacific whatever it was called 70.3 championship asia pack asia? asia pacific yeah anyway see we don't even know the name of it which is case in point 
championship <laughs> happening in Vietnam and yet like no one cares because they just haven't created enough of a like a vibe, a big enough prize money really is what it comes down to to get people to actually go over there to race for that. There are probably too many races, too shit prize money spread out over too much. And I feel like, I feel like there's something, this is like oxymoronic, but basically when I saw that deepest startless at Victoria, it actually made me feel kind of sad and not just for me personally, cause I'm going to do awesome. Don't worry about me because it made me feel like if pros are picking races for the same reason age groupers are now, then like pro as an actual profession is done. Like they are no longer being perfect. Like, right. Does that make sense? It just felt like the end. It felt like, Oh, oh yeah. Well. It's, you know, it's interesting. I, I think it's probably true that the pro ranks are like on a slow, like it's on a slow decline. It's like slowly dying. But the question for me is whether there's an uptick, like at what point, because there's probably going to be a counterbalance uptick, right? I mean, that's what we keep saying. We keep, we keep saying that. Saying but like that. whether the uptick comes before it's like completely dead and has to be reinvigorated or whether that uptick comes like or whether like literally the pro field dies before anybody realizes that the pros were important to their business model. I know. Um, so I, I just don't know which way it's going to go. I do. I mean, I think you and I have talked about this. I can't remember if we talked about it in public or just in private, but... A number of conversations at races this year when you're just kind of shooting the shit, like there are some big names that are going to be done in the next year. Yeah. Like finishing out this year, maybe finishing out next year, but like, cause it's just not worth it. Like the math just isn't there anymore. Yeah. So. And how many, and, and how many people say, yeah, I've said, well, I'll put in one more year. I, I think mm-hmm. there's also, there's other factors too, you know? Yeah. And I think um, the fact that sponsors are looking more to social media and then social media influencers who aren't necessarily high performers are right, also right. taking some of that money. Like there's like, you know, there's other there's factors. There's a lot of issues happening. It's not it's just a, our it's advanced fault. It's a multifaceted, <laughs> complex situation. Right. It's multi-layered. But basically <laughs> when everyone's making the best choice for them individually and then all those choices add up on the aggregate to some, like a trend, then that is like that is the overall outcome, right? Like that is what is happening. So, yeah, but I'm excited about, but, but anyway, Victoria is going to be lovely. And it's going to be great having all the, having a great field here of 26 <laughs> women. I mean, amazing, right? Well, I bet if there'd probably really only be like 19 that start, that's how that goes. Probably. But before it was Victoria 73 Ironman branded, it was like your guys' local race. And I know like some things changed when it got bought, right? Yeah. So we, okay. I'm going to give you a little like, inside scoop here we had we had this this half i think we called it half iron the half iron was here for 25 years before iron man bought it and actually um heather wortel had a huge break she wasn't even called wortel then and i don't even remember what her maiden name was but she had a a big breakthrough race here because she beat Lori bowden do you remember who Lori bowden is no you're basically aging yourself right now just i know i I don't mind i don't mind guys i'm folks i'm 43 I'm trying really hard not to say guys. And then every time I'm around you, I'm like, <laughs> it just blurts out. <laughs> okay. So Lori Bowden was a two-time world champion at Ironman. Um, and she's also local here to Victoria. She still lives here. But Heather came out of nowhere. Basically. I mean, nobody comes out of nowhere. We've talked about that before. But Heather was an unknown. And she beat Lori at the local Half Iron here. This is before like Half Iron Man's and seventy point threes were even a thing. So right, a person when there was like, only a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. So a person like Lori Bowden, who's a world champion, is like at home training for Kona in June and doing her local Half Iron Man. Um, and Heather would tell, boom, came and beat her. So yeah, but we used to swim. We we always swim at one side of the lake, right? And and people swim there all the time. 
And then Iron Man came and bought it and moved the swim to the other side of the lake. And everybody knew that you can't swim there. Like there's too many weeds. It's too shallow. It's disgusting. There's like a lot of duck poop. Like there's a lot of reasons why it's unhealthy to swim there. And then at a certain time of the year, they actually cut it off and you're not even allowed to swim in the lake. Okay. Lovely. Um, lovely. Yeah. So that's, it's amazing. But Iron Man in their infinite wisdom decided to move the swim over to that side. And then come race day, like they couldn't clear all the weeds fast enough. They have some kind of like machine that was like clearing, like, <laughs> like, like what do you call like, like lake foliage. I don't even know what nice, the word is. Nice. For that. Like from the bottom of the lake, like race morning. And then they can't clear it all. They have to, they have to shorten the swim. Right. And I think they even changed the exit point like at the last minute. And then sure enough, the, the next year they went back to the other end of the lake where we had had the start for 25 years. <laughs> like See, who knew? Here's the thing. I think this happens though a lot with like local oh, races. I bet. Yeah. Right. And then like like they just moved Santa Rosa back to July, the Iron Man. The full Iron Man, which like fine, like whatever, sure. But everyone from around here is like, well, that's just that's gonna be hot. That's gonna be hot and miserable. And when they moved it from Windsor to Santa, whatever, like you feel like they're, when they had Tahoe, when they had Tahoe, everyone was like, if you just had it two weeks earlier, you would have almost no chance of fires, but whatever, but that, you know, it just, mm-hmm. I feel like they don't listen to the, I feel like a lot of times the local knowledge, the thing that like everyone locally is like, well, of course there's going to be fog in Santa Cruz at that time of year. Nobody. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I think like with Iron Man and we hear this a lot, like it's about logistics. Like we can't start the pros at different times because it's about logistics. So I think there was like a parking issue and they were trying to solve it by moving the swim. You know, like I I recognize that, that people have, that they have reasons for doing these things. But like if you ruin someone's race experience by making them race through weeds and then shorten the swim, you know, you're probably not doing yourself a favor. And you're like, oh, well, oh, well. (laughs) If we were in charge. <laughs> I know. If only we were in charge, Kelly. Um, speaking of which, this week in the newsletter, you you named some triathlon traditions. Right. So I was at the Tour of California this past weekend, and Peter Sagan won, like, it was the first stage. So he won, you know, like, the first day when they were, like, the winner of the stage and the sprint winner and the overall winner. So that he won, like, everything. And I was like, well, why? Like, I was waiting for them to give him the mic. And so he could talk and they didn't, they didn't give him the mic. And every, all the cyclists with me were like, what are you talking about? That's weird. Why would they let him make a speech? And I was like, that's what we do in triathlon. We let the winners have an open mic and talk whatever they want. And then I was thinking there's all these things in triathlon that you don't even realize are things until you bring someone new. Like when I did, uh, when my parents came to like my first Ironman and they were, they were like, we want the full Ironman experience. And so me and my dad and my uncle like went back at midnight to watch the finishers. And like, you know, when the winner comes back to like hand out the medals, like my mom thought that was great. Right. So there's all these things. And like, we went the next day to watch the video because they always make a video the morning after. Right. And there's, so there's all this stuff that you don't even realize is a thing until you're trying to explain it to somebody else. Yeah. It really made me think about all the fanfare around like coming in and out of an Ironman, you know, like the Carbo banquet and then two nights before and then the awards banquet after and how important those things are. It's almost like it does help to reinforce like those traditions help to reinforce like the gravitas almost of like this big thing that everybody did together, which is the right, Iron right, Man. Right. I mean, they're so selling think, the experience, right? That's right. So I think that's why we have all of these things. One, I th- one thing I thought of is that we as like female pros, and you can tell me if this still happens, but we <laughs> always like said something. If you were overtaking someone, especially on the run, Right. You would like 
exchange a word like you would say like good work to the person or you would well i don't know that um, i think i don't know that that's like a tradition triathlon i think that's just like common in racing right i don't know like i have been i've been in multiple running like foot races where i don't say good work <laughs> to the women i'm overtaking <laughs> like i just run on right by them <laughs> but in iron man like because you're Hmm. Again, it's like part of this thing of like, you're doing this big epic thing together. The Iron Man, you, you like somehow that like, there's this like built in tradition amongst the pros of like always giving each other like a nod and a smile and a good word. I, I do a lot of thumbs ups. That's what I do in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have to acknowledge your competitors. Like, I do think that's something special that we do. Okay. It's lovely. All the hoopla. But I want to know, I do want to hear from other people who think of things that are are like, right. Like what are we forgetting or triathlon, like standards that that you have to explain to somebody else. Yeah. That like, just that we're missing. What are we missing? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And in the news this week, pregnancy clauses in pro athlete contracts. That was the big, big time. It was everywhere. Cause the New York times did, a very good, I mean, they did an essay op-ed, whatever you want to call it, but they also did a very good little like opinion video. And the only reason it was really good was because they used Nike's commercial about being crazy and it's only crazy till you do it to like, (laughs) they use those words back at them because Nike uh, historically has not had good pregnancy clauses. Basically you got pregnant and you pretty much got dropped or you just had your pay terminated for the year And I think it wasn't, I mean, Nike was kind of the target of this whole op-ed and and, and has been of this whole debate this week, but Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before. This is like, I don't want to say standard, but traditionally athlete contracts were shit about pregnancy. Like Mm -hmm. basically if you can't race, you don't get paid too bad for you. You're out like a year. And that's pretty much if they keep you, if they don't just drop you completely. Yeah. And that's how it was for a long time. Right. Yeah. And also, and also it was also very normal for pros, for, for women, not pros, pros is triathlon term, but for elite athletes to not come back. Like, I think there are right. a lot more moms also now who are elite athletes. Like that's become more common too. True. Yeah. I do think obviously there was a point where it was like, oh, you had a kid, like you're done. So your contract is done. And now it's like, oh, I'm having a kid and I'm coming back. So I would, I would like to continue to be paid uh, for my work. The other thing I think that's changing though. And why I think it like kind of doesn't make sense for Nike or Ace or whoever is that the moment is changing. Like it is a different moment right now. You can make more money off a pregnant Gwen Jorgensen Mm -hmm. than you can like just dropping her. Like it doesn't make sense to not pay her. It makes sense to use her in your marketing. Read the fucking room. So that's what I like. I feel like there's like a, a gap here, like between what is what is happening and like what should happen and marketing people should know this and if they don't they should listen to our podcast Um, but i think like i was surprised a couple years ago we had marinda carfrey on iron women and i was quite surprised to hear her say that she kept like she kept about 90 percent of her contracts when she got pregnant because that was very different to even my experience like five years before so like i don't want to sound like the old lady who's like you are the old lady just so you know (laughs) the old lady who's like in my day <laughs> we didn't have any pregnancy clauses, but like, of, and of course, it's not good enough until all sponsored athletes have pregnancy clauses that are that are that across the board, right? Of course, it's not good enough until then. But it, it does hearten me to see like how quickly this is changing. It's definitely changing. 
there's even been some companies, obviously, since it's been in the news that have come out and, and you know, changed their policies. Noon actually announced today. Our well, I guess to, today, today that we're recording, not today that this airs. Um, but they announced that they, while they have always like, they actually never have had termination clauses in their contracts, but now they're adding a contract, adding a clause that explicitly says they will support through pregnancy to all their current and existing and future contracts. So we love that. Cause there are, cause the thing is in a lot, like obviously the real issue, I hate when people say that, but like the, the, the thing is about all of these contracts is that athlete contracts suck, right? Like athletes don't have the power. The company has the power and there are crazy reduction and termination clauses in all of them that basically say we can like end this contract for any reason at any time if we want, like, and the reduction clauses aren't really a thing in triathlon, but they are in running contracts. And those are like, if you don't hit this time at this standard, this, and they reduce your pay so much for everyone that you end up making a fraction of what you supposedly signed for at some point. And I don't know what exactly we do about that other than organize and reject collectively, mm. you know, the bad contract, but nobody, but everybody has to do that. Not any one person and no one person wants to like put themselves on the line. So totally That's, guys, yeah. guys, we just need Folks. to get some union organizers in here, like bust up this shit. It's going to be great. Totally. But also like, I still, I still like you're right about how like the zeitgeist has changed and that smart companies can actually use like a pregnant athlete as a marketing tool, which is just great. There you go. Mm -hmm. So it's just all the other independent contractors that are screwed. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Before we go to our break, I want to remind everyone that we have, um, we are now doing crowdfunding on Patreon. So if you'd like to give to our Patreon and you love the podcast and you want to give us a couple bucks a month or whatever to be part of our team, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash live feisty. And after the break, we're going to be talking about wildlife encounters while training. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at LiveFeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so this week, Kara Goucher tweeted that she ran into a mountain lion on a run. And obviously, like, that happens sometimes, but I gather it was basically standing in the middle of the road. So it was kind of insane. I have never seen a mountain lion. My husband swears he has when he was running. I have seen bears out while running. Many rattlesnakes. What have what have been your wildlife encounters? Well, I, I used to live a little bit and train a lot in Penticton. Um, and bears in Canada where 
Iron Man Canada will be again in 2020. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of wildlife there. Like there's a lot of bears. One summer I stayed up on the mountain at altitude and there was just like, we saw bears every day. Um, right. But one time I had a couple of friends who came down to do a ride with me. Like I was doing a 220 K ride. It was basically the Iron Man. How, course, many, how much is it. that in miles? Sarah? Oh gosh. Okay. 220 would be like, it's like 135. Yeah. 40. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little more 150 miles. It's a long ride. No, 140 <laughs> miles is about right. Yeah. So we do the, we, where we do the Ironman course, but then instead of coming home, you go up the mountain, like you do a two hour climb at the end. Right. Okay. And so we're at that, like, so you can imagine this is like, this is an eight hour epic adventure. Right. And we're just starting the climb. Um, so we've been riding already for about six hours. We're starting the climb. And my one friend, Michelle was just like, she was dead already. Like she just moments before had been like, how am I going to make it up a two hour climb? I don't know. We'd like stop. We got Coke. We were like fully sugared up, caffeine, caffeinated. Like she's just like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. My legs are so dead, blah, blah, blah. And then like, literally we start climbing up and I see a, like a baby bear right to the side. Right. I was like, oh my God, bear. And like, not the second it was out of my mouth. She was gone. Like <laughs> she just like <laughs> she just rode. She like left us for dead. Like she left my other friend Carrie and I to be eaten by the bear. It was so funny. And we like never let her live that down. Oh, I do know. I did see a baby mountain lion when we were riding up in the mountains out of Santa Cruz where there are a lot of mountains. And my friend and I on one of those like one lane roads that cyclists love. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, look, someone's cat got loose. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, shit, baby mountain lion right. means mom is... So, so I like to be... I was like... Because the mountain lion was just like walking across the little mountain lion with a road in front of us. And so you're like, oh. we need to turn around right now. And so yeah. we had to go all the way back down the mountain, all the way around and come home a different way. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I've had a couple bear encounters like that. We're like, oh, we shall not pass by this road because there's a bear there. So turn around. Um, or like the like wild it. horses. Same in Penticton. Like one time there's just like a mob of wild horses on the road and they won't like I come at them. They're, they're not dangerous, but as you come up to them on a bike, they don't move. So there's like an entire, I don't know what you call, what do you call a pack of horses? A pack? What's the official word? Is it pack? Anyway, they're all there together on the road, hanging out. But I had to wait for a car to come and cars never come. So I'm there like 10 minutes, eating my bar, waiting. And then finally a car comes to clear the road for me so I can get through. This happened after the last couple of years when we had like the really bad drought and then really bad rains. There was like a lot of damage. So a lot of roads kind of were closed for long periods of time in Northern California. Like Highway 1 was closed for like over a year. And a lot of the trails kind of were closed. And the animals took them back. And so then when you were the first one out there, literally like squirrels weren't getting out of the way. And like turkeys were like jumping out of bushes at me because they took it back. They like went wild. They were like, no, fuck you. We're not giving this back now. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.